0: What's up guys, welcome to Desolation Radio. It's uh, Dan and Nate here. Hi. How you doing? How's it going, Nate? Really good, how are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Okay. Just realised that I've got a lisp. Didn't realise until now, can't say desolation. No. Desolation. Uh, Desolation. Desolation. Okay, so uh, today we're going to be talking about Brexit. Hot topic on everyone's lips. Brexit. um, And the fact that Wales voted to leave by a margin of 52.5% and no one really saw it coming.
1: One person did though.
0: That's right. <laughs> Who was that one person, there? Well, there's a guy in Cardiff University, Dan Evans, predicted that it could happen.
1: He got a lot of articles out of that, didn't he?
0: So, whatever else happens, you know, my career will, will hopefully take off.
1: The further of Wales plummets into despair, yeah, the yeah. better your career will be.
0: Absolutely, yeah, it's an inverse relationship. So, so like some a, good news and some bad news. Some Dan Evans effect. I've been promoted, Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so we're going to talk today about you know, why it happened and we're going to talk about uh, what we think is going to happen next. Okay, so 71.7% turnout, which was exceedingly high, given that you know the turnout in the normal Assembly elections is like 45, which is shockingly low. So obviously the voters were energised. So what I thought I'd do, do you remember when the numbers start coming in and, and the, the stats roll in on the night and then yeah. they have the rolling election coverage and the politicians sort of stand in there? They don't know if they're going to keep their jobs. I mean, I really like, I really like those shows. It's the nihilist in you, isn't it? But it's you're seeing. I mean, they're they're trying to smile, <laughs> and inside they're like, "Oh my god!" You know, or, you know, swearing. Properly. Well, David, I've I've been fired. Yeah, exactly. And then you know, it's almost like after interviewing a footballer after a defeat, you know, like how did that go? Like,
1: Controversial topic today, is footballers, isn't it? Oh yeah, let's,
0: let's defeat talk, for we won't, one. we won't talk about uh, we won't talk about that. I will talk about another episode. So, the BBC website, you know. E referendum: Welsh voters back Brexit. So, fifty-two point five percent of voters in Wales chose to leave the EU, compared to forty-seven point five percent supporting remain. Welsh Conservative leader and Leave supporter Andrew RT Davis said Welsh politics had changed forever. But Labour's Lord (laughs) Hain, Lord Hain, yeah, um, proper
1: Labour lads, working class.
0: Lord Hain said there would be tragic consequences. I actually agree with Lord Hain on a few things in this article, which is, a uh, David Cameron announced he would step down as Prime Minister in October, so that's an unforeseen sort of good, was, uh, yeah. sort of byproduct of it. First Minister Carmen Jones has said he fears jobs will be lost in Wales following the vote outcome. Not, not
1: his job though, is there?
0: No, but duh, of yeah. yeah. <laughs> course cool jobs will be lost. Anyway, so the vast bulk of Wales' is council areas, many of them labor supporting, voted for leave, with a majority of 17 backing Brexit in only five areas, Gwynedd, Cardiff, Kerry the Vale of Morgan, and Monmouthshire, probably some of the most affluent areas of Wales, actually, uh, vote remain. Neil Hamilton, UKIP's Assembly Group Leader, it just sounds crazy speaking about it like that, said, I'm absolutely delighted, and I have to admit, even a little surprised myself, as I hardly dared believe we could achieve this. UKIP Wales Leader Nathan Gill told BBC Radio Wales, it is wonderful, we, all the UK MEPs, will be given our P45s now. And this dude hates the EU so much. He's actually chuffed. He's losing his job. He's losing his.
1: Maybe he hates his job so much that's why he, he can't. Pay they barely turn up.
0: He gets an apartment, a ridiculous salary. He lives in Brussels. Brussels which is a phenomenal city. You could be sitting there drinking gorgeous a Belgian beer, eating like sausages, waffles, eating chocolate. Mm. If that was, you know, and he's he's happy to give all that. If that was me, I'd be. Desperately clinging on to that gravy train. Yeah, with that's how that
1: committed he is. Though he's just sacrificed his sweet life.
0: I'd be running around Cardiff and the like grabbing people by lapels. Like, please, please, you know, like, like I need, I need this. I need, but you know, so he says it's the 74 MEPs, not the British people who are going to lose their jobs. Well, a lot, I think a lot of people will lose their jobs, but he's just gained a new one. You know, he's got a new one in the assembly, so it doesn't matter. He said he was not surprised Wales voted to leave, and he had been predicting the outcome for a long time. Oh, like me. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere we've been for two to three years our support has been galvanising he said people have been telling us they're fed up with the EU saying it wasn't democratic saying we want our freedom back and that is what they're going to get that's what they're going to get it seems a bit like you are going to get this freedom it's a bit ominous isn't it Mm. Um, Andrew R.T. Davis retweet that's what the R.T. stands (laughs) for he says that it's clear that the fault lines of Welsh politics have now changed forever And I am extremely proud to have been involved in this campaign. Okay, so the reason people were sort of shocked that Wales voted Leave is because Wales is a net uh, beneficiary from the EU and has received over £4 in structural Objective 1 funding from the EU since 2000, which is a fair old whack of money. So some of the things that have been funded by the EU between 2007 and 2013... Got some more stats. I don't memorize all these; all written down.
1: No, they're all memories. Just wrote them <laughs> all in his head That's what I
0: meant. Yeah. yeah, I'm sick of people making fun of my giant hands. <laughs> Swansea University's New Bay Campus: forty million. The dueling, the dueling of the heads of the valleys road. That was very popular, wasn't the it? The duel. We're going to make these roads have a duel. Seventy-nine million. But you know, people are like, what's the You know, Ewe ever done for us? Like literally roads, <laughs> um, town centre improvements in areas including Murthorpe, and Clashley, eighty million. This, as the report says, this runs to 60 pages of money. Centre for High-End Research in Swansea University. Doesn't say into what. Cardiff University Brain Research and Imaging Centre. As someone that works in that sector. Obviously, a lot of money comes from the EU. Anyway, so a lot of money has come in. So, as Leave campaigners celebrate their historic victory, I'm still just, re- I'm just reading. If you, you don't listen to the podcast, just read this website that I'm yeah. reading out verbatim. Um, Lord Hain said it's a tragic result for Wales, which have serious consequences for us. What leave voters will find is that they will be pleased in the short term, but in the long term the consequences are very serious. Those that voted leave are the ones that benefit most from EU funding. So, why did Wales vote to leave? We know why people voted to leave because they were, the ref, they were pissed off. Yeah. And it may as well have been the question, "Are you angry?" Yeah. You know, yes or no. And people who were pretty upset at being left behind have said vote to leave, mm-hmm. and people who were sort of ha- quite happy with a lot of provided for okay. uh, voted to stay so um, we've got a what I think is interesting like Richard Wynne Jones wrote this amazing article about and he said you know he said like what is it about the Welsh policy policy context specifically which made people vote to leave And because if you think back to 1997 when devolution sort of was voted in it was full of these high minded ideals of you know democracy we rejuvenate democracy people would be more engaged in politics you know you need 20 years on this is the fact that people voted Leave is in many ways an indictment of the failure of devolution, sort of energised, you know, no one votes in the Welsh Assembly elections, really. People have come out en masse and voted. It's like a protest vote, haven't it?
1: Yeah, it's a very big protest vote.
0: So there's this disenfranchisement of people. People are upset. And if you look at, you know, there's a general mistrust in politicians, isn't there? Yeah. But what's happened, I think, across Europe is that I think what is it, people don't really talk about the, the wider context. Is that you've got the failures of the failure, really, of social democracy in many ways. The fact that you know these parties, social democratic parties like the Labour Party, who were hammered in Brexit, really, have implemented austerity. The Blair government implemented austerity. The Brown government implemented austerity. Social democrats all across Europe did it, and that's eroded their their base, hasn't it? People are like, well, those, they're our parties, and they've just sold us down the river. So there's a, a massive chunk of the population that have been left behind. Even though we just read out these statistics about EU funding, everyone keeps saying, oh, they benefited those less well-off areas. The people obviously haven't felt that, no, I mean, haven't felt like, that benefit, have they?
1: Yeah, if if your town or like your, your, where you live is kind of deprived anyway, I don't think having a leisure centre is going to kind of sway. Ameliorate Yeah, it. EU funded or not it's just like well we can go swimming now but you know still no jobs a lot of lifeguards maybe but
0: <laughs> nothing like... what I what I think about um, here's a, a brilliant quote in this article so uh, Simon Thomas Plaid yeah. Cymru AM who seems like a really good guy actually because he follows destination. he does uh, what a great person he is what's up Simon Simon obviously supported Romaine he told BBC Wells he's bitterly disappointed he said I think it's an absolute disaster from the point of view of building a Welsh economy the next five to ten years obviously because you know, the money's going to run out he says this is very dangerous and disturbing territory that we're entering into but this is the best one right This fellow plied air reen up Yardworth who obviously seems like a really good guy uh, said, he called the leave vote, hammer blow to Wales economically warning the poorest will put, pay the price that's not the funny that's not the funny part I thought it. that was the funny part um, he says we have woken up in a deep pit that we have dug ourselves with spades provided by a fear driven campaign now that is rich. Evocative imagery that's some,
1: that's some therapy session right there that slipped up Reen was in it? a bad place. Reen was he's in a really that bad plan, place there. Only two was Brexit.
0: Understandable. I really understand. What I think was interesting about uh, those going back to those UKIP statements by Stephen Gill and Andrew Retweet Davis and Retweet. Neil Hamilton, all these pro League people, when they're talking about, keep saying the we, this we, like we're going to get our country back and this is good for us. But who do they mean by us? I mean, well, I think one of the defining features of the campaign, and we're to, we've talked about this in the past, and we've argued about one more in the future, the lack of a Welsh angle, when people are talking about taking our country back and mm. this is going to be good for the country, they are talking about the UK. They're yeah. not talking about Wales. They're not talking about the specific Welsh context. I,
1: I feel that Wales has a sense that it, it does identify as perhaps more being British at times than actually Welsh. Oh, well,
0: so... but I, yeah, but I think that is that people have forgotten... People, people, when devolution happened, people thought that it was, for example, um a zero sum game that, oh, Wales is now gonna become less British yeah. and more Welsh, but obviously this vote sort of proves that that's uh that's definitely not the same. There is a latent, as you say, like a a streak of um a Britishness really underpinning what well, still exists in Wales. So we've got the mistrust in politicians, a general We do, yeah um, sense of disenfranchisement, people are sort of upset and it's like a sending a message, isn't it? Um, you have got the fact that the referendum is quite simple. You can say it's a yes or no, so it's you know it's not to have to pick. It's, actually, that's people <laughs> like it's much easier because it's a yes or no. So picking like two options as opposed to four. You know, you've got the general mistrust in politicians. You've got the fact that in Wales you haven't got like this specific policy context. You haven't got a media that's telling people. For example, like, we've just read these stats out about like EU funding. I don't necessarily think people even knew about Objective One funding. No. When um, I went up to Ebervale and um, I was chatting to my friends of the family up there, they were telling me that a woman, one of their friends said she was voting leave because the local toilets were closed down. But I was like, well, that's a council decision. Like, and they were like, well, we know that. But it just shows how much of like a, a general level of... It's just a general anger which was very well guided, I think, by the leave campaign. Very well that- channeled.
1: Do you think, like in a sense, as the EU is seen as a huge bureaucracy, that you know that's like becomes a homogenous like like homogenous identity? You know, in the sense that you you have a look at any politician or any political structure and see
0: it as you know it's just like an abstract thing. Like
1: yeah, yeah. So it's easy to blame the toilets being closed down yeah on that on the on, EU on the EU because yeah, all Westminster said the same thing but yeah. not really yeah you're right it's or just seen, the local council because it becomes this all like homogenous just seen as a thing yeah
0: yeah. in itself that floats above us mm. by the weather yeah or it's battle, or like um, you know Independence Day when a thing comes a spaceship yeah but the massive thing when it, it covers the earth was that the wrong film what happens in that I don't know but it, that film makes you like really patriotic for earth
1: Oh so yeah, it's July
0: the fourth. Well, he punches him. Welcome to Earth. You're Welcome like, to Earth. Earth. Yeah, yeah. sounds yes. yes. Street outsiders. Yeah, like I have is that. Take that. Yeah, because you're different. Alien, alien. Yeah, um, kind of a year. So it's interesting to look at the differences between Wales and Scotland, and to think what you know, what is it. So in Scotland, you've got a general sense of anger as well, mm. but they've got a media and a left-leaning political party in the SNP that has effectively channeled that anger. Mm. Uh, and in th- in this case, they channeled it towards Remain. In Wales, you know, e- people voted leave as the protest vote, as in Scotland, they've got that outlet for the anger, you know? Um, and they've got a separate a media in Scotland, which presumably tells them, like, by the way, this funds this, this funds this. Could
1: you say they actually do have a channel for their anger in the sense that, you know, um, with the SNP and. Because uh, they're thinking about getting a second referendum now on an independence vote. So could you NDRF say. Yeah in the, the too,
0: baby. yeah the the uh, percentages for you know it's not polling very highly is it Well no i, I Caledonia wrote a good article on that about sort of uh, referendum fatigue but I don't know I don't know what's going to happen there but you said that like maybe there's a it was channeled differently
1: Yeah well, and they've got like a very strong
0: leadership in the sense of new, Oh new yeah Sturgeon for sure I think one of the interesting things about Certainly, one of the articles that I wrote. Yeah. Um, I said that you know, maybe the fact the Labour Party is in charge in Wales could sort of steer people towards voting, uh, they could persuade people basically to vote remain. But what the vote actually tells us is that Labour's rule in Wales is quite fragile mm. because once more and more people come out to vote and then they don't vote f- for Labour, that, you know, that their rule is going to crumble. Is there are any more, Andrew? There was a good Artie Davis quote, and I can't find three, it. Three, three. Artie, that one, Andrew. Um, Andrew Artie da- Davis. He said the other day that Brexit means breakfast. It does. A man, <laughs> man who's had a lot of them. I think. <laughs> he looks. <laughs> he is a. He looks like he Andrew Artie Davis looks like a man who eats a hearty full English breakfast every day. He goes out himself, slaughters a pig on his farm like by hand, fries like loads of his fat back bacon has like loads of eggs probably has like he's, he's wearing like a tweed jacket like a proper farmer it's egg. a bit sting though yeah, isn't it and then he's wear, yeah and then he's wearing he's just downing on probably like a pint of ale for breakfast and then he just walks around goes about his day spouting xenophobic rubbish and yelling at people <laughs> and back to bed up again
1: yeah. early yeah so to wake the animals up like, yeah, with them just strangle them and just, just what, watch you don't think he does the no I, I, think so. he, I think he used to and then it was just oh, I, I get a bit real. bored by this I've hit a level and then he's just like oh, looked around Anyone looking no just just strangles he strangles him. it but he finds the one he's not that's, most efficient slaughterman he's, he's not it's because that's like the actual how are you taking that
0: cow and he's just like yeah. got in a headlock <laughs> <laughs> just kind of choking it out for some milk Well, we're talking about this. It was me and you talking about this, wasn't it? With, well, maybe, you know, people that, if you listen to the podcast, if you haven't already turned off the fact I just read an article, Mm. do you think it's better to eat, like, free, people say I eat free-range animals, right? Like, eat free-range lamb, free-range cattle, free-range beef. Yeah. But I think it's worse, because, like, if you're a free-range animal, you've had a good experience of life, you know, you're bouncing around, and then on the field, like, eating corn or whatever they feed you, and then the farmer's like beckoning you over there oh uh, farmer's I wonder what he, <laughs> wonder what he wants you know, uh, um, uh, is it my birthday yeah, yeah oh, go, I better go over there and check yeah. you know? um, you, whereas if you're a factory hen or another factory animal who like is been living in appalling conditions you're just gonna beg for like the sweet release of death aren't you depends are they like conscious of death and such though I mean a chicken sentient yeah I don't know I mean the Kobe
1: <laughs> the Kobe
0: <laughs> beef cows they've got like the best like before they get killed they get fed beer and apparently get massages, like tender them up. But I always thought that, like, to soften up the meat, you just punch it, like, <laughs> and you get Andrew Artie Davis into just, <laughs> just bat just batter the cows, like,
1: <laughs>
0: no, Andrew, no. Andrew, that's not how we farm. I think that if Brexit was, had been, if I was, if it had been more about, if I was in charge of the Leaf campaign, I probably would have used that, the breakfast. Brexit link loads. Mm. I probably would have lost my job. Or would have been fired trying to make terrible puns about breakfast, and I can't think of any off the top of my head. But if you think of any, but I don't. I don't even like full English breakfast anyway. All its regional. It's like having a dinner first. Or thing, its regional it? counterpart, full Welsh breakfast, oh, which is exactly yeah. the same. I prefer pancakes. Pancakes which is a legacy of my American travels. Pancakes. What's gonna happen now? Well, we don't. Well, I mean, we... once we leave, you know. Firstly, let's just, let's assume the article fifty is triggered, mm. and. I mean, after Theresa Theresa May, it's abundantly clear that you know neither Farage, it's abundantly clear that Farage and his ilk and Theresa May haven't got a Farage didn't have a clue what's going to There's, there's
1: that circular like explanation of Brexit, isn't it?
0: What's Brexit mean? Brexit means Brexit. Yeah.
1: She and she what does it mean? It.
0: And then it's just yeah. Yeah, They don't. I mean, Theresa May hasn't got a clue, and she's clumsily reading out pre-prepared gags, yeah. which she obviously doesn't understand in response to people's questions. Because we don't do that. Yeah, and it's just. <laughs> But they haven't got a clue what's going to happen next. So let's assume, I know there's a lot of people saying, you know, maybe if you just ignore it, maybe if you just don't do anything, then people will just forget about it. Because I, I certainly would. I'd forget. Um, and Farage doesn't care, clearly, because he's off being Donald Trump's fluffer in America. <laughs> um, he's getting grabbed by the... Let's say it does happen. Let's say the tri- Article 50 gets triggered, and they move for a like, hard or soft Brexit. Um, Didn't that uh, one of the boiled over hard? <laughs> Sunnyside Brexit. Didn't one of their um oh, today
1: was it Trusk He said that you know we're not going to give you Tusk Tusk Besim, isn't it? I can because one of them is called like, he's a walrus. Yeah, one of them is called like Van Rumpel
0: or something. <laughs> it? a classic European name. It man.
1: is. The, it's just built
0: built up a big tower. It's what was funny as well it's like the, the, the people even though they voted. Like, leave, they get these like classic European dudes down. I like, tell them, like, we've got you now, like, Britain. And it's like playing, it's like all the things that like the leave people were saying, like, all oh, these evil European bureaucrats, are hate you. And they're like, no, they don't, like, Europeans are friends. And then we have now, yeah. Britain. And then they were like, like the guy from uh, Doctor Strange, so like, <laughs> <laughs> or they just get sure? like die hard villains or yeah, something. Yeah, and they just roll them out. Yeah, like, um, <laughs> who was the dude, Alan Rickman, in Die Hard, hmm. an English actor playing a, a German terrorist doing an American accent. So yeah. he's going all the way through the...
1: I think in the second the one levels. as well, like, they can be bothered to really think of a new plot or recast anyone. It's like, oh, I am his brother. Oh, you and know, number 3, like three isn't it? it?
0: was number three. Jeremy Irons. It's Jeremy Irons. It was the same. And if they made a fourth one, they should have done Charles Dance. They should have just all, all... They did make a fourth one. It was like, oh part. yeah, they did. Yeah, with his son. But they should have just kept going with a... That was my cousin. Yeah. And <laughs> I see
1: you've met my wife. Yeah, my nephew. Like, um, <laughs> he was, he was oh, right. for So they keep it, rolling out yeah.
0: these European guys, basically saying that it's going to get a lot a lot worse for you mm. British people. So, I mean, it will, undoubtedly. Um, have you... It looks as if you were building a bomb shelter earlier when I came in. You were covered in mud and... That was something (laughs) shocking. Shocking shells. Yeah, you know,
1: it's kind of like I watched a lot of Doomsday Preppers just before the Brexit vote, and I was like, oh, I'm ready. And I'm just like.
0: I think, I mean, I made fun of my housemate, um, so shout out to Graham. I made fun of you last night because you eat. uh, Behind your back, Graham. No, it was to your face because you eat new potatoes out of a tin. So it looks like a can of pop, you know, like, ah. Delicious, like juicy oh, potatoes so refreshed. Yeah, like a nice can of potatoes. But but I think, you know, if if as capital starts to like everything starts to pull out the food shortages, yeah. marmite. I mean really like people complain about marmite being not on the shelf, like who gives a Did I Aaron mean, j- notice before that? Who, gives a, sh- who gives a shit? Like um but you know, people are gonna stop buying tin like tins of refreshing potatoes and you know, I need to get a shotgun from someone now, like legally you got a contingency plan, haven't you? Like, yeah. Survival. I've got a really good contingency plan. Whether or not it is going to be that bad, I don't know, is is it time for us to start thinking realistically about cannibalism? We jest, of course. Stop nibbling on my... <laughs> Mr. Simpson, stop nibbling uh, But let's think about... Um, Andrew R.T. Davis said... Uh, he said, well, after Brexit... Wales is free to... Tra- well, he didn't say Wales, he said we. Mm. So again, he's talking to this thing. He's not distinguishing between like the British context and the Welsh context, because the two things are completely different. Wales is a net beneficiary of the EU, England isn't. So Wales gets far more money from the EU, and you've taken it away! To conflate the two entities and the two post-Brexit trajectories of Wales and England are completely ridiculous, because England's an extremely rich country, Wales is an extremely poor one. Mm. But he says, oh, well, we're now going to trade with our... Former part, you know, partners like they've all started talking about the like Commonwealth and things, haven't they? Like, yeah. So, Andrew, I mean, I'm not an economist. Is it better? Is it easier from a trade perspective to trade with a trading block which is like five miles away, or to trade with someone like New Zealand, which is like five hundred million miles? And away? what are you going to export to them? Lamb, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, do we, you want some Welsh got lamb? Got no,
1: like, like we you actually imported it from us to begin with. Oh,
0: we've got some lamb. So they're talking about um trading. So. How trade, I mean, again, I should always preface these things, but I am not an economist. People mm. can probably you can come on and say you're an idiot, but let's look at how it might affect Wales. Let's look at Airbus, right? Airbus is obviously a multinational company. The Wings, which is a very skilled, uh, most, most important part of the oh. airplane, for for sure, like built in, in Broughton, which is in North Wales, right? So there's a skilled work there. So the lads in North Wales make the Wings. They're then shipped to Bordeaux, in france where the the plane is assembled and that's how it works i mean capitalism you know you you move different points of production around and, and so well that's not particularly efficient in itself i know but post brexit why would people why would you continue to make your wings in wales if you have to go through a load of bureaucracy each time you want to trade why wouldn't you move the wing production Closer to Bordeaux, why wouldn't you just move it down the road to France?
1: You just fall back on the abstract um, identity of Europeanism, which really didn't hold hold the referendum together.
0: Wales's economic strategy, anyway, is just attract attracting foreign direct investment of firms like Airbus, you know, uh, Ford, things like that, and, and because of these companies, capital obviously follows the the path of least resistance, so it's got a tendency to agglomerate in certain places. So all that means is that. You can invest in places where transport infrastructure is already in place, or you are to invest in big places like in ports, like in London and Cardiff, where there's motorways, where there's high-speed internet, where there's shipping links and things like that. It's a risk to come to places like North Wales or anywhere else in Wales, really, where those links aren't established. Because you're going to be paying more as a business, and so you're going to be paying more in terms of transport costs. So what? To attract businesses like Airbus and things like that, the Welsh government essentially bribes them and says, "Well, you know, we'll cut, you know, land that they'll make the land cheaper." And the, the other thing they do, they go around the world and say, "Come and invest in Wales because ooh, you're going to save money because you don't have to pay Welsh workers."
1: Set up all your call centres in
0: Wales. Yeah, set up your branch plants. You don't set up your research and development things because we haven't got an educated population, <laughs> but we have like peons that you can just pay. Yeah. Peanuts too, um, and it's as good as it gets. And it's as people. good as it gets. And then they can use this narrative of like, oh well, we've brought you jobs. It's dangling a carrot in front of desperate people. But what I can foresee post Brexit is the deepening of that strategy. But instead, Carmen Jones has been off to America, so it'll be more maybe American firms. Let's say to Andrew Davis or Nathan Gill. Is it object? So four billion has been taken away from the the Welsh economy. You know, the, the block grant to Wales is what. Like thirteen, between, let's say between twelve and fourteen billion. That's how much money Wales gets a year, mm. which is you know, from Westminster basically. So it's not that much, but to take away four billion, even if you don't like the EU, mm. that's objectively that's a bad move. That's not. That's it? not not particularly great. And I'm upset as well because I always thought that I'd get to a stage in academia where I or in like the public sector where I could basically start embezzling EU funds. Because of the stupid white elephants they used to set up in the past. So I'd be writing these articles, criticising, like, look at the wasted money on mm. this. And then, ding, light bulb, like, you know. Wait a minute. Yeah, and it then. was there in front yeah, of me all along. Yeah, exactly. And then, now that plan's gone out the window. So thanks a bunch, Brexiters. You've ruined a lot of people's futures. Well, that was my plan anyway. So one of the things we haven't talked about so far was the campaign. So the Leave campaign was very simple, wasn't it? Whilst it was ostensibly about the EU, we all know in reality it was basically about immigration, wasn't it? It was about. That's
1: how it fell down originally. Was um, fell fell at the end. Yeah, yeah. it just became
0: um, fairly. I mean, towards the end, it was quite openly xenophobic, like yeah, Farage in front of that weird uh, van, not van, like a sign, like with full sort of thing. Um, oh,
1: there's really kind of callback to.
0: Like, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Like so, and you know, and Wales doesn't have a particularly, you know, it some of these areas that voted leave, they've got less than 3% immigration. Wales has yeah. got the lowest percentage of non-UK-born You know throughout the UK. But people generally thought that immigration was an issue. But it's quite a simple message, isn't it? Immigrants. It's, immigrants. It's, it's,
1: it's, an easy, it's an easy thing to digest, isn't it? Yeah, of course. When you, instead of criticising the EU structure or how it works, it's just to be like, oh, it was that Polish dude. Yeah. It's That's
0: basically his fault. So yeah, so it's easier to blame the people down your road. Maybe there's like, you've seen a Polsky slab, rather than blame, as you said, the ins and outs of the EU.
1: But which, again, didn't, because uh, with the Remain campaign as well, which was equally bizarre, the, they kind of whitewashed or put the EU on a pedestal.
0: I know it was hard for you because I know you're a, a big critic of the EU. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the heavyweights. Yeah, <laughs> on, on, on my street. <laughs> yeah, so if you look at the remain, I mean, people talking very cliche terms, only now like Brexiters are undereducated idiots, yeah, and remain voters are smug, cosmopolitan liberals. But I mean, you look, it's not the, too far off the mark. But I you know, look is. at the remain campaign, and a lot of it really was. I mean, like they had a, like you know, after they voted, they had the march for Europe. Oh yeah, and oh, uh, we love you. Yeah, we love
1: hey you. you. We love you. I mean, Take us back. We like. So, so
0: there's this big nostalgia for the EU. Is like this an amazing? I mean, let's be clear, right? The EU is it only seems good on terms of like workers' rights and things like that mm. because the British government is so absolutely terrible.
1: Also, I think a lot of the um, workers' rights originally, historically, had been won in Britain that were much better. I know. I th- oh, I know. I say the maternity or paternity pay. I think maternity pay is higher in Britain, or maternity leave is higher in Britain
0: than it is in the rest of the EU, or by the EU um low you know, standard. But the point is, isn't it, like people are sort of uh, waxing lyrical by the EU. In yeah, an ideal world, you wouldn't need the EU to give you these rights because a national government would be guaranteeing them for you. So the mm-hmm. fact that people the EU seems good, it only seems good because we've had some of the worst you know, thatcherite governments which have attacked working class people um, and the rights of people over the last... Ten or so years that the the bar has been lowered to such an extent that
1: yeah even a horrible capitalist superstate which uh, has no problem imposing harsh cuts on Greece and then you know yeah people running a surplus in Germany and not allowing deficits anywhere else I mean this this is what kind of really annoyed me with the way the Remain campaign was is it kind of just ignored a lot of the racism that. The EU... Structural. Yeah, structural racism. I mean, you know, Militarised borders. Yeah, thousands... Like, a, almost a genocide at sea. And if you're, if you're lucky to get to land, you get put in a detention centre. Guardian article recently said that some people in the detention centres were so sick of it, they actually decided to literally go back
0: to... That's unbelievable. Hmm. It depends where you arrived yeah. to, isn't it? Well, we won't name... States that we don't like. The lack of humanity in some of the... Oh, that Syrian refugees got an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah, so what? Like, what do you think? They were living in caves? Like, it's a... That's again it's a... the a
1: colonial outlook, isn't it? That yeah, anything like,
0: outside of Europe is just... coming over here. Like, uh... I had an argument with some dude on Twitter. Well, obviously. Uh, always beefing. And it was like, well, it might be good for them to leave Syria, but it's not necessarily good for us. Yeah, no shit it's good for them. Like, you've got ISIS coming down the road. Do you think that people would jump into dinghies and travel across the Mediterranean? Spend
1: their life saving. If
0: their lives. If Watching they weren't. The children. If get they weren't desperate. You think dead. They're doing that for, they think they're doing that for a council house.
1: Yeah, oh, I thought we could have there, Britain. So oh, yeah. you like, same
0: with semi detached. Yeah, I don't think that's why people are taking the risk. But the Remain campaign in Wales was quite abstract. It wasn't particularly simple. You know, contrast that with the Leave campaign. It wasn't they were not excel on the virtues the benefits they, people, the fact is people didn't really know about the fact these things that the EU pay for mm. like you, you were saying about that article oh and the Guardian was
1: quite smug in tone about everything. like the Guardian it no I was, I was like Guardian wait vanguards of yeah. the left
0: yeah that one when it was like this is our veil, the town that's had money showered on it and they still voted leave. Look you know? at this dumb bitch. Yeah, yeah, basically yeah. She's outside a sign and yeah. that sign says EU. Yeah and it's like, well, firstly She works in the spa. Because we? we didn't have the you know, because the Welsh media is just non existent, people generally don't know about these things. You know, they we didn't we didn't the fact that people didn't know about four billion being pumped into their into the Welsh economy, that they didn't know about this thing in their town, you know, this this building where their children play, the fact that, you know, let's say their house was paid for by the EU. The fact that the EU sent over these gorgeous Swedish wives that were all married to and they still didn't know it. Single dude over 45, EU will give you a family. Yeah, fam- catalogue. Because people didn't know about these things. They didn't know where they came from. But the Remain campaign should be more tangible and say, listen, you see these things, they've been paid for by the EU. They also should have, in my opinion, tried to develop some form of, I guess, a form of solidarity and done more to counter this Xenophobia that sort of started to become quite ugly at the end, but that's rather the, than appeal to this abstract, world European.
1: But I, I think with the xenophobia, and you know, the, like the rise in racism, is isn't solely within Britain. I mean, you see it across the EU. Yeah, you've real. got the, um, you've got Golden Dawn, the cereal, the cereal, <laughs> the really racist cereal. It does Have like a, a bowl of hate in the morning with white, white milk. And then you've, you know, uh, Marie Le Pen in France, neoliberal super state, kind of not providing for people. And then the it's not fallout. The, it's not just the UK. Yeah, it's just not, it's the not U- just Wales. And then the fallout is these, this rise in nationalism and this, like the country's looking inward and sometimes backward. Then almost it's like the EU is the architect of its own destruction.
0: Yeah, of course. And like you said about this, you know, the Troika and the surplus. Allowing the, the sort of larger states to run a surplus. Oh,
1: you saw this like um, with with the refugee crisis, uh, Germany let in a lot, and it was like quite well publicised. But that was simply because the German state was heading for a labour shortage, and as soon as those quotas were filled, Angela Merkel reached, yeah shut the door. Yeah, There's, so
0: that it's not necessarily through sheer benevolence that you know Germany Germany's uh, immigration policy.
1: No, it doesn't exist. There's I, a reason for it. Free travel across the EU doesn't exist because it wants to give the middle class nice holidays. You know, it's it's to create a super state that can rival the likes of China and other other huge um, countries in the global
0: market. So this growing, you know, this this rising anger, the death of the centre. You know, it could have happened anywhere, and you really the fact is, it was given a form of expression in the UK by this by this vote but if it had happened in another country it's feasible it could happen there so it's it's not necessarily a british phenomenon although there is a particular i in my opinion like a colonial mindset that underpins a lot of the the attitudes towards europe the attitudes towards you know and the fact that they bring the, they want to bring this yacht back and they hack i mean some of these people like david davis and things like that i mean they have they are lunatics like first i mean Theresa may is a lunatic but they are first class lunatics mate it's class like it's almost, almost, almost funny. Yeah, know, because, if they weren't in charge. Yeah, um, or if they're in charge of another country. I bring back the Yard. I mean, we've definitely entered like this, the twilight zone in terms of a lot of the stuff that's going on. Yeah. And the people, the fact that people are kicking off about Marmite shortages, but they're not kicking off about the fact that pounds tanking or you know people being beaten up for being foreign after yeah. it. It's like this is the straw that's broken the camel's back, you know.
1: Hey, my that's proper British, though, isn't it? Just "marmite" was the last bit.
0: The that's, that's, what's, that's what does matter about it. It's like this smug Britishness that permeates everything. In Wales, we need to start thinking about you know what is it we can do that would rejuvenate Welsh democracy. I mean, how do you get those pe- these people that are so pissed off that they would leave in Wales? What can the Welsh Assembly do? You know, first of all, you need a media, you need a media, yeah. you need a public sphere, um, which is you know part of the reason we're doing. Desolation. We need people to know about the specific Welsh policy context, and we'll be talking about the need for that in, in future episodes. We'll also be talking about the the rise of the far right, where Nathan's just talked about, not just in Europe, but we're gonna, we're going to focus on UK. You know and how they they sort of come from out of
1: nowhere yeah. in uh,
0: Wales and taking
1: a lot of Labour ground.
0: Yeah, and how does you know look at how how that's happened? Things like just
1: come out of election as well, uh, two thousand fifteen where UKIP did really well, especially in Wales. And then obviously you're going to have that kind of hangover. Yeah, it's like a
0: residual sort yeah. of effect. Is there anything we haven't covered that we need to talk about?
1: Uh, I was thinking perhaps about this uh, term of identity and how people didn't really identify as European. So you take more issue with what you perceive as an Eastern European uh, earning money and then sending back to his family. How mm. that how that is seen as stealing from our state to give to theirs... But if it was like some some dude who was just sending like money back to his family in Newcastle, it wouldn't be an yeah. issue.
0: Wait, yeah, from the, the migrant. Yes, yeah, so, so the welfare state is underpinned by nationalism, isn't it? So like yeah. people people pay into this thing, uh, the welfare state, they pay into the health service because they feel as if it's helping people like us. It's helping people who you know us. Helping people like who look like us, who sound like us, blah blah. Mm-hmm. blah. And with the free movement of people across the EU, um, yeah, I think you're right because people can. People can, I mean, it's a fact people can come to the UK and use the health service, which which is completely right, of course, mm-hmm. but given that the fact that the welfare state is underpinned by this, this is for us, maybe the EU could have done more, in fo- you know, the fact that you've got those two contradictory things, you haven't got a sense of European identity, and no. you've got people using each other's facilities, essentially, doesn't necessarily always lead to...
1: It doesn't, phases of social
0: democracy. Absolutely, Right we're going to do a shout out so shout out to a barber Mario Mario going back to Iraq he's the best best headrest I've ever had on he's an absolute legend learned a lot from him um, so have a good time over there pal
1: and I give a shout out to my buddy there, who
0: I basically copied all the identity politics stuff from That's almost good. like you know word by word so <laughs> nice one lad. thank you Chamin. ok guys see you next time over and out bye of putting chemicals in the water that turned the friggin' frogs gay! Serious
1: crap!